The NBA season is off and rolling. 82-game season. We're a quarter of the way there, folks. We're, we've, we've, we've played enough basketball to where you're starting to notice that we're playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, if your team isn't where your team wants them to be, you've noticed. That's how much basketball has been played. If I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, I, I'm wondering, what are we doing here? Is this the end? Is this the end of the ride? That's what I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm a Timberwolves fan, I'm wondering, are we off to too fast of a start? Are we going to ta- taper off at the end of the season? Can we maintain this? These are questions that need answers. And these answers are going to happen eventually. This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We're also on our Instagram now. That Guy Jig. But we're on this NBA season. I, I, I'm going to start with the Golden State Warriors. Because right now, the Golden State Warriors are bad. They're 4-6 and six over their last 10. Klay Thompson is shooting terribly. Andrew Wiggins looks like he has better things to do. Draymond Green is a professional MMA fighter. So what I'm saying is they're doing everything but playing the game of basketball at a high level. Stephen Curry is doing what he has to do. He's showing that he can still score at an elite level. You can still depend on him to lead your team in scoring. Chris Paul is actually not the problem. Chris Paul is actually not the problem. And that is the problem. When you bring in Chris Paul, you know that the thought was, can he stay healthy? Can he be on the floor? It was always about Chris. We knew Klay Thompson was struggling. We knew Klay Thompson hasn't necessarily improved. Shout out to Gilbert Arenas for that take. I couldn't agree more, Gil. But what I'm saying is we knew these things. We knew these things. So when we when we when when they ship out Jordan Poole because of the incident with Draymond Green, when they bring in Chris Paul, we ask if he can be on the court with everybody else. They don't have that that next person to really step up and help Steph right now. They can't get a defensive stop. Turnovers have always been a problem in Golden State. But they've also had the ability to outshoot you. They've also had the ability to defend. Those two things they are having problems with doing right now. Steve Kerr is actually starting to, you know, take away minutes from Clay. Clay is becoming a liability. Turned down an extension. Now it's coming to the point of what do we do with you? Because we have to try to harbor something out of this greatness that Steph is giving us. Steph Curry's playing great basketball right now, folks. Great basketball. Averaging 29 points a game right now. We have to find a way to to get something from what he's doing. Because right now we're getting nothing. We're getting nothing. The Warriors are outside the play-in right now. 
John Morant is coming back. So what I'm saying is, is it's not like they just have the time to sit and wait for something to happen, for something to develop. They don't have time for that. They're on the outside of the play-in right now, and John Morant is coming back. Memphis is not too far away from Golden State. Right now, they are five, they are five games back from Golden State. When you have, you know, 60 games remaining, that's not that's not a lot. That's not a lot, folks. So now it's coming, it, it, it's truly, it's truly a question of Golden. It, what is Golden State doing? What are we doing? Because right now we're not winning basketball games. It's hard to picture them as a serious contender at all. And honestly, with the way this roster is playing currently, and I understand with some of these veteran teams, it takes a little bit of time for their legs to get going. So maybe maybe in January, maybe February, we're, we're seeing a different tone about the Golden State Warriors. Maybe this music has shifted to a more beautiful melody because right now it's it's ugly. It's it's vicious. It's it's crazy to think a team like this is struggling this way. But it's also somewhat early. It's early enough to where you can say it's early. But it's still Late enough to where you can say, I don't know if this is going to change. You know? We can give the Warriors that 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 hope. Because they are, you know, world champions. But if this is another team, I'm not giving them a, a chance in hell. San Antonio Spurs. No chance in hell. They're making the playoffs. They've lost 18 straight games. They are 3-20. and 20. That team is done. Put a fork in them. The Detroit Pistons. Put a fork in them. The Washington Wizards. Put a fork in them. Now Golden State. They're struggling. The Atlanta Hawks. They're struggling. But like I say. There's you know. You're never as bad as you think after a loss. And you're never as, as good as you think after a win. And these two teams, it's early enough in the season, they have enough veteran leadership, enough firepower to where they should be okay. They should be okay. But look out for those two teams. Moving on. The Phoenix Suns, Bradley Bills back is back. So now they have their big three. Devin Booker has been a walking double-double. With him, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Bill, it's going to be very easy for these guys to move the ball around. Like I said, this team right here is the team that worries me the most out of the West. This team right here, if you had to look at all the teams out West, you look at Denver, Minnesota, OKC, Dallas, that's your top four. If I'm those teams, the one team that I don't necessarily want to see in a first round, the Suns. The Suns are one of those. The Clippers are another one. The Clippers have figured it out. They're on a five-game win streak, folks. This is what the vision was in the beginning. James Harden has played more games with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard than he did with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. This is the vision. The Clippers are a problem. 
this is the vision. They did. They gave up nothing. When you look at the trade, they gave up nothing as far as key players, key key contributors, minutes. Nothing changes. Shout out! Shout out to Ty Lue. I don't think he'll get as much credit as he deserves. But in this situation, Ty Lue deserves a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot of the credit. Because if it's if it's not him, I don't know if another coach has enough locker room presence and maybe respect from his players to really be able to make this work. Keep in mind, PJ Tucker is not touching the is not touching the court, folks. This is a veteran. This is a veteran that can give a, 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 a contending team great minutes. This is a veteran that can give a, a, a contending team great defense. And he's not touching the court. Sacrifices must be made, folks. For, listen, for all great things to be accomplished, some, some sacrifices must be made. Ask Thanos. Even he made sacrifices. That's all I'm saying. Keeping it out west, my team out west is still... The Timberwolves, the Timberwolves and the Thunder are my two surprise teams out west this year because of how of how consistently they're doing it. I don't think it's really a secret that everybody knew the Thunder with getting Chet, getting healthy, getting better, they were going to be a legit contender in the west. I think everybody knew when the when the Timberwolves get healthy, they were going to be a good contender in the West. But I don't think anyone expected it to be this fast and this consistent. I mean, Minnesota is allowing 105 points per game, folks. That's among the best in the league. 105 points a game is locking up in today's NBA. That's a little bit over 25 points a quarter. And that in today's NBA where you can't breathe on someone without getting a foul call, that's pretty legit. The Timberwolves have depth, they have size, they have shooting, and they, I mean, they have defense. They have four pillars of basketball right there. The Thunder are missing size and rebounding. That's what they, in, you know, in defense too. But really, I think their defense is, is, is a... Uh, Their defense is a problem because of their size. So I feel like that's hand in hand. They give up 112 points per game. Most of the Thunder's losses are coming against teams with good postmen, and they're going to have to see in the playoffs. You're going to have to get past Denver. You're going to have to get past the Lakers. You're going to have to get past the Timberwolves, the Kings. These are teams that you are going to have to see at some point in time. So you must be prepared. That's the thing about it. You you can't wait to get ready. You got to be ready. But so far, against the others, they're doing their thing. And that's okay. They'll have time to grow and figure it out defensively and, you know, maybe adjust to this this lack of size they have. But so far, in, in certain games, it has been a problem. Luka's been exceptional this year. Denver's been kind of lackadaisical. I mean, you can you can kind of see with Denver that kind of a championship hangover. You know, they're kind of in coast mode. 
They win when they need to. They win at home. They're almost 500 on the road. That's pretty much the formula for every good veteran playoff team. Let's do great at home, and let's try to be 500, maybe a little bit better on the road. And that's what Denver's doing, but with Jamal Murray in and out of the lineup, with Jokic being kicked out for just talking to refs, it's putting different players in more of a situation to have to be leaned on, which is good and bad. Because come later on in the season, come playoffs, these are the guys that are going to rise to the top when, when, when it's time versus the moment is too big for them. Once again, Mike Malone doing Mike Malone things. But at the same time, as far as the starters, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, you know, Jokic, you still have yet just to see them really just turn it on. First game of the season against the Lakers, of course, they turn it on, you know. But overall, overall you get what I'm getting at. So out West, of course the West is tight. I mean, the the two, three, four, five. The sixth seed are all all within two games of each other. So it's going to be a tight race down the line. And if you drop down from the 7 to the 10, that's all separated by one game, half a game. The West is going to be tight per usual. It's going to be the wild, wild West. You're not, listen, it's going to be a thrilling matchup because even at the bottom of the West, when you look at the play-in, Houston Clippers, Pelicans and the Suns. When you get below them, you have Golden State. And like I said, John Morant is coming back, folks. So the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be a problem for some of these higher seeds. Desmond Bain has added to his game. Jaron Jackson Jr. has added to his game. The Memphis role players have gotten better because they have been leaned more upon to do bigger things. So look for Memphis later on in the year to make a good surge for the top and be a very, very tough playoff playoff team. So we're going to go out east where Boston and Milwaukee are running the show. The Magic are still showing us. They're still showing us they're legit. Eight and two over their last ten. That is the best out east as far as the last ten. 8-2 over their last 10. That cannot be undermined what they're doing. You can no longer just, you know, the Magic used to be a team where you just look, you know, that's an easy dub, man. No no longer. Paulo and those guys are hooping. You got the, you got the, 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 I mean, the Hawks are kind of on the opposite end of that as far as teams we thought were going to be playoff contention. Three and seven over their last ten five-game losing streak. They're not playing any defense. Their opponents are averaging 123, and they're averaging 122. I'm not a genius, but I don't think you win many games like that. I just don't think you win many games like that. So, I mean, I expect Quinn Snyder and them dudes to figure it out down there. They have a lot of talent in Atlanta, man. It's one of the best rosters in the East. Definitely one of the best rosters in the East. 
So I look for them to figure it out. Brooklyn Nets, this is a team 7-3 and three over their last 10. They're currently in that A spot, but I can see them getting at, I can see them pushing a 6. I can see them pushing a 6. And if they get hot enough, and if they, if they can maybe land a superstar, I've read things about maybe a Donovan Mitchell going to Brooklyn. But if they can get a superstar, look for Brooklyn to get into that top six. Because right now they're on the outside of it with not a major superstar. Without a major household name, they're getting it done. Tom Thibodeau and them boys are on the other and on the other side of town, they're in the seventh seed. I think they're going to stay in the play-in. I don't think the Knicks get out the play out the play-in situation this year, just because of the health. They they, they don't seem to stay healthy over there, and it's, I I believe it's because of how Thibodeau plays them. He plays heavy minutes for his starters, no matter what. They play a grueling way. It's a defensive first, a physical first team. So that's going to lead to possible more injuries. Physicality kind of leads to, you know, opportunity for his, for you know for injuries. Mitchell Robinson's going to be out for a little bit. That's a big piece for them. One of the best offensive rebounders in the, in the NBA. And he's going to be out for a while. So I'm interested to see what the Knicks are going to do as far as do they keep this roster the same or do they try to make some trades to bring in some help? Jalen Brunson does what he does. Julius Randle does what he does. But outside of those two, you I mean, you're kind of stuck scrambling for that next person to step up. R.J. Barrett's done better. But to really to really get over that hump, the Knicks really got to get they got to get somebody else. And unfortunately, if they get somebody else, I believe R.J. Barrett will be will be on that other team. The Pacers have kind of fizzled out a little bit, six and four over their last ten. The Pacers are six and four over their last ten, still scoring almost 130 points per game. Halliburton, if you haven't seen him play basketball, please watch Tyrese Halliburton play basketball. He's a great basketball player. He's fun to watch. He's good for the game of basketball. He's good for the Indiana Pacers. The Tyrese Halliburton-Sabonis trade will go down as one of the most even trades in, 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 in sports history. Both teams won. Both teams are tasting success. And that's very rare when it comes to trades. But we're seeing it. And you're happy for them. The 76ers have won four straight. Joel Embiid is up there averaging 30 points a game this year. Again, he's pretty much, I mean, he's almost flirting with the triple-double every other game, every game. He, he's really taking pride in dishing out dimes this year. I like what they're doing with Tyrese Maxey. I like what Nick Nurse has done. I think this team overall is going to do more than what people think, but I don't think they're going to hit that, hit that, hit, hit, I, I don't think they hit that spot yet. They, too, need one more person. 
as good as Tyrese Maxey is, as good as Tyrese Maxey is, if James Harden and Joel Embiid couldn't get it done with him as the third, I don't think Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey with Tobias Harris as the third is going to get it done in a much tougher Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is a lot tougher than it was then. I mean, Dame Lillard is in the East. The Magic are a contender. The Pacers are are scoring 130. The Miami Heat are still the Miami Heat. So these are other teams right there that would give the 76ers problems in the playoffs and that have given them problems in the playoffs. So I I don't think... Less firepower is going to be a better thing. Yeah, you get more of an even scoring throughout the team. But at the end of the day, 30 points is 30 points. 20 20 points is 20 points. I don't care how you get it. Just give me 20 points. You know? And that's what I think is going to be the difference between Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. James Harden can do what he... Listen, he can still do it. We're seeing it in, in L.A. He can do it. It's just what he's very he's very adaptive to his role. Yeah, he had some bad games in Philadelphia. But hey, Tyrese Maxey is yet to play a, a playoff series as the number two option. As the number you know, as the as the man. So it's yet to be seen what he can do during the playoffs. All this stuff is great. Sixteen and seven to start the season, a game and a half out of the number one seed is great. What a fucking start. That is a great start to the season. But what are you going to be like in the playoffs? It's going to be different. It's going to be very different. I hope Tyrese Maxey succeeds. I, I'm a fan. I hope he succeeds. He's definitely one of my most improved in the NBA. For me, it's him and Tyrese Halliburton battling it out. That's who it is for me. So as we move on from the teams and the standings and start talking about maybe some uh, some awards, my defensive player of the year right now, I personally like Victor Wambignana. I like Victor. Averaging three blocks per game. I like Victor for, you know, defensive player of the year. I also like Rudy and AD. Chet Holgram, that's my rookie of the year. Chet is my rookie of the year, and there's no one else because look at the Thunder. Look at the Thunder. They said if Chet played like this, the Thunder would be like this. And guess what? He's lived up to expectations, and the Thunder are exceeding expectations. The Thunder were supposed to be good. They weren't supposed to be this good. And Chet is shouldering a lot of this. A lot of the a lot of the scoring and a lot of the of the 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 contribution that they were getting from other players has slowed down because you have a guy like Chet. Chet has made that possible. So that's my rookie of the year. I think the MVP raises between Jokic, Embiid, and Luka. And I got Shea as, as another as another guy they can get in there late. But I think with the emergence of Chet, that will take away from Shea's greatness. But, it's, I mean, Shea's greatness shines so bright that it, 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 it it's hard to dim such a light. It, it truly is. 
But those are those are a few of the of the awards that I'm thinking. Once again, this is that guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Rate, review, and subscribe. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, this is the NBA section. This is the NBA. This is the NBA show. We we dropped the, the 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 college football bowls and portals. That is up. Give that a listen. But if you're looking for NBA, this is the NBA. Now tonight, tonight's Thursday. There's a few games on tonight that are going to be all right, man. It's going to be all right. Thursday, NBA Thursdays are great because they get you to that Friday, man. They get you to Friday. You're almost there. You're almost there. The weekend's almost there. And the NBA's going to get you there. So look for a couple of things to start going on, especially with these losing streaks. Look for the Pistons to maybe move some of their veteran pieces. And maybe look for Golden State to look at. Because something's got to give and something's got to change. But this is number two of our third installment of the week. You know we dropped three a week, so we got one more coming. The NFL and fantasy football. Once again, this is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Thanks for listening.